got your Bibles? Everyone wave your Bibles with me? No, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Here you go. I'm going to read one verse, and you guys in unison, everybody say unison, are going to read the next verse. And we're going to go me verse, me verse, you verse, me verse, you verse. Got it? You got it? All right, amen. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. For I know my transgression and my sin is always before me. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Hide your face from my sin, and blot out my, all my iniquity. Do not cast me from your presence, or take your Holy Spirit from me. Then I will teach transgressors your way, and sinners will turn back to you. Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Come on. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despise. And your good pleasure, Everybody read with me. Then there will be righteous sacrifice while burnt offering to delight you. Then bulls will be offered onto your altar. Amen. Thank you very much. You can have a seat now. Why did I ask you to read with me? I mean, we're not... We're not like the Catholics, you know, that sometimes they stand up and sit down a lot. But why did I ask you to read with me? Because I wanted you, with your own eyes, to perceive the Word of God and put it into your heart. Sometimes the only way we can really ingest the Word of God is by really ingesting it, by reading it, by putting it in our eyes and just speaking it. Amen? So... I wanted, I wanted us to hear the heart of David. You see, David wrote this the moment after he got caught up. You see, David was a king. I think we all know the story, but here's a little refresher for you. Quick refresher. David was a king, and his uh, army was out at war. He was just, you know, prowsing around the, his palace there, and he was hanging out in the balcony. And there he sees a woman... She is bathing, and he burns for loss after her. And then he calls his guards and says, Who is that woman? Bring her here. And he commits adultery with this woman. And she gets pregnant. So then David finds out, well, he's like, Who, who are you married to? Blah, blah, blah. He finds out the husband, who the husband is. He is a general in his army, fighting in the front lines. 
And he calls him home, tries to get him drunk, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, he ends up killing him to hide his sin. Putting him in the front lines, and there he was, murdered. And then the prophet, Nathan, comes and says, you're guilty. You are guilty. After all this, what started with just a little lust in his eyes and his heart became sin and adultery and murder. The prophet of God comes and says, you're guilty. You did it. And up until this point, David had not confessed. He had dug it deep in his heart. And he said, no, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to do what i got to do to hide this. But he was exposed. Amen? Say exposed. Now when he was exposed, which is never a, a nice thing, you know, your sin is in your face, that's who you are. He could have done one of two things. I mean, he did one of two things. He could have said, you know what? I made this decision. God, your standards are too up there. And, uh, I can't do that. I love women. I'm going to do what I want with them. And you know what? I'm just going to live my way, God. I know you chose the nation of Israel to, to bring your word to the people somehow. I don't know how it's going to come. But I, I can't live up to that standard. He could have done that. But he didn't. He says this. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Jesus. I'm going to talk to you about three C's, the letter C's that I find in this chapter. Number one is confession. Amen, confession. He says, for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and only you have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And you are proven right when you speak and justified when you judge. First of all, he confesses to himself. What does he say? Can you go up there to verse, uh, verse 3? He says, I know my transgressions. Okay, Adolfo, can you go up to verse 3? I know my transgressions. He's saying to himself, I know who I am. I know what I do. Amen? That's what he's saying. How many times do we say that about ourselves? Uh, probably not too often. Probably we think we're just really cool. You know, we're, oh, yeah, I'm awesome, man. I get up in the morning. I go to work. I provide for my family. I'm a good person. But David is saying, I know who I am. My sin is always before me. So he recognizes who he is, and he confesses unto himself what he is. Amen. It's like looking in the mirror and say, saying, you know what, Ish? You are this, this, and that, and that. And dude, you need to change. Amen? It's like you looking in the mirror and saying, this is what I am. This is what you do. This is how you lie. This is how you steal. This is how you lust. This is blah, blah, blah. Amen? This, that's what David did. He confessed to himself. And then he said, against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. He recognizes the standards of God. And says, unto you, unto you only have I sinned. My sin is unto you, it's against you. 
what is evil in your sight. He confesses to God now, the righteous one. And I love I love the silence in this place. Glory to God. Because you know what? We can learn from David. We can learn from David. If we had, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Sometimes I'm like, really? The Bible says that? I mean, he killed, he murdered, he had blah, blah, blah. He was, how, is, how is he a man after God's own heart? This is why he is a man after God's own heart. Because when he saw his sin before him, he fell on his face and repented. Amen? So against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. God is a judge. And he's a good judge. Now, that doesn't mean that he's good to us when he judges. It means that he judges good, righteously. That he sees the law and says, there it is. Do not commit adultery. You did it. You're punished. If, right, if, if uh, David recognizes that God is a good judge and he's justified when he judges, will he not judge you or me? Will he not judge you and me for our sin? What makes us so special? Amen. We're sinners, just like David. A man after God's own heart. So God, I mean, David confesses to God his sin. And he confesses it to God and he says, you know, God, here it is, there it is, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and you're right. What a humble statement to say, God, you are right. I'm wrong. You know, because we can easily be so puffed up with pride and try to justify it. God, she's so fine. Why did you have to make her that way? Why did you let her bathe that day while I was walking? God, she's so hot. Why did she have to be married? Why did I have to be married? He could have said that. No. He could have tried to justify his sin, but he didn't. He said, I'm wrong. Jesus, I pray that there's conviction in this place. Amen. Start with me, Lord. I pray that there's conviction in this place so that we would draw near to God in repentance. Amen. So he repented. Amen. And uh, it, there's, there's two different things There's in confession. there's Well, they're not two different things. There's various things. But a way to confess something is to do it genuinely, to do it for real. You know what I'm saying? A genuine confession demands a right estimate of sin. It is not a mistake or a slip or a mischief. Amen? A genuine confession demands a right attitude to sin. A loathing, a disgust, a disapproval of it. When you confess your sin, it should be you loathing that sin, hating it, disgusted by it, disapproving of what you've done. Not a justification of it or, eh, well, I was weak that day. No. Disgusted by it. Hating it. God, that's a genuine confession. God, I've messed up. God, I hate it. I'm sorry. I hate it. Forgive me. 
Be disgusted by your sin. Be disgusted by it. Loathe it. Despise it. Amen? The genuine confession demands a right conduct with regard to sin and forsaking of and a determined renunciation of sin. Jesus. You know, there's sometimes we get into this habitual sin over and over again and then we're like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I sinned. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's not, that shouldn't be our attitude. Our, our attitude should be a, a determined renunciation of sin, saying, I will not do that anymore. I renounce it. I denounce it. I forsake it. I leave it behind. Amen? Amen. Thank you for the amen. Glory to God. Now, I got some verses here about awesome men. Awesome men of God. They wrote these things. They were awesome, man. I was talking to Ricky last week, and I was talking about how, I think it was Ricky. I'm sorry if it wasn't. (laughs) I was saying something like, I love how the Bible shows us these awesome men of God, but then also shows us their downfall, where they fail. Like Noah, you know, he built the ark, blah, blah, blah. But then he got hammered and wasted, and he he was walking around naked, and his son saw him naked. As he was passed out, okay? And then David and Moses. Moses, he was a... God told, God told him, hey, go speak to the rock and then water will flow. Well, Moses in his anger, he grabs a staff and he beats the rock and then water flows. So he was disobedient, you know? And that's why Moses couldn't enter the uh, promised land because he was disobedient. All right, then you got David, the man after God's own heart. We can go, so, you know, so on and so forth. But go to... Um, Go to Isaiah 6 and 5. Now, the great prophet Isaiah is getting a revelation from God, and he's seeing, you know, God in his throne, the train of his robe, and all this cool stuff, and he's hanging out, and he's seeing these visions of the future. But what does he say? In Isaiah 6 and 5, he says, You there? Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips. He says, woe to me. When he's in the presence of God, he sees who he is. Amen? When he is surrounded by the holiness of God, he says, woe to me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I'm surrounded by them. Woe to me that we would have that we would, woe to me, that I would stand in front of the holiness of God, this wicked sinner. That's what he says. Amen. Now this is Isaiah. You know, Jesus quotes from him. Amen. Go to Luke 5 and 6. Let's see what Peter says. Now we all know that Peter denied Christ three times, but man, he messed up quite a bit. No, he did <laughs> This is what this is what he said when he was around Jesus Christ. Luke 5 and 6, are you there? I'm sorry. Luke 5, 8, I'm sorry. Okay, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. You know, sometimes we just want to 
skip around Jesus and, hey, I'm so cool, I'm with Jesus. I'm hanging out with Jesus, we're cool. Whoops. But Peter says, dude, get out of here. I'm a sinful man. What are you doing around me? What are you doing, Jesus? Go, I'm sinful. Go, I'm sinful. I'm not worthy to be around you. See, we need to recognize, recognize our wretchedness, recognize our sin, how far we have fallen. And when we are next to a holy and awesome God, see ourselves who, for what we really are, we don't have Him in our heart. Amen? Glory. I didn't mean to get so emotional there. <laughs> Luke, I got some more scriptures. Luke 18 and 3. I'm just dropping everything. We have another example of a man hanging around Jesus. You got it? Now, did I mess up again? 1813. I'm sorry. It says, the publican, the tax collector, stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast, beat his chest, said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. <laughs> this is the drop everything day. <laughs> Just point and laugh. <laughs> okay, that's enough. <laughs> he says, he says, God, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. You guys get my point here? I'm trying to establish a point here. Amen. That when we're surrounded by the holiness of God, we need to look inside and see who we are. Amen? So that's the first C, confession. If you're taking notes, jot that down. First C is confession. We confess who we are, what we do, how far we stray. Our sin, our dis- disgusting sin that keeps us from God. We confess it. This is what David said when he said, I know my transgressions. My sin is ever before me. Against you, only you have I sinned. Amen? The second C is cleansing. Go back to Psalms 51. Psalms 51, verse 7. See, it's not enough that we're just confessing our sin. Now we need to ask for cleansing. David said in chapter 51, verse 7, Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Amen? He also says, In verse 8, let's just keep going. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquity and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain you. Right there, after David had confessed, you know, my man, I have sinned, I messed up, God, I'm so wretched. 
What does he say? He says, wash me. Wash me, cleanse me. Take hyssop and cleanse me. I want to be white as snow. I want to be pure. When you see me, God, don't see my sin. Blot it out. Blot out my iniquities. Erase them. Blot. It's like, like you, know, have, you have an eraser and you blot it out. He's like, blot it out. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Sustain me with your loving spirit. God, when we, when we confess, we should have a heart of cleansing. God, cleanse me. You know, some of us need to take blood baths. Just bathe in the blood of Jesus. I remember the word that, that uh, Jared said last week. I think it was last week or two weeks ago. He said, there is nothing greater on heaven and earth. This is a man prophesying. He says, there's, enough, there's nothing greater on heaven and earth than the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. We sing songs about it. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Amen? Let's bathe in that blood. Amen? Let's apply that blood to our lives and say, Lord, cleanse me. Cleanse me. After we confess, after we've done all that, cleanse me, Lord. You know, David recognized who he was. He said, purge me, purify me, wash me. You know, uh, last week I was babysitting little Johnny while Robin was working. And, uh, dude, I am like a mess. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. So <laughs> he's five months old, and I gotta do like I'm like a chemist make, mixing things. So Robin's like, okay, here's the formula. Here's the water, blah blah blah. So I wake up, I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever, it's gonna be a cinch. And then I wake up, and he's crying, he's hungry. So I grab some tap water, which apparently you're not supposed to do. And I made his formula, okay, and he's he's drinking tap water, right? So he, you know he's, he's chugging it away. I'm thinking it's great. So. Later on, Robin's like, you know, in her, in her honeydew list, she's like, you know, give him, a, give him a bath, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, wait a minute, it's almost 2 o'clock, Robin's going to be home, I better give him a bath. So I put him in the bath, and I wash him, and I scrub him, and blah, blah, blah. And then, I, you know, he's getting kind of sleepy, so I put him, he was probably like kind of drowsy from all the tap water he drank. And I put him in his little crib, right? And all of a sudden, Robin's home, everything's great, yeah, I did awesome, you know? I had no idea that I wasn't supposed to give him tap water. Yeah, it was great, man. It was cool. It was fun. And then Robin walks into the crib. There's vomit all over the place. He's covered in it. And his head is blah, blah, I just bathed the baby. And he's covered in vomit. And Robin's like, what did you do? I said, I fed him. You know, it just came out of the horse's mouth. I'm like, yeah, I just grabbed some tap water. She's like, what? I left you the gallon of water there. I'm like, oops. You're not supposed to drink tap water. So apparently he kind of rejected it and puked all over himself. So what does Robin have to do? Well, she, she grabs him and she's like, ugh. And she, <laughs> she bathes him and scrubs him. What is my point here? I don't even know. No, my point is, my point is that um, Johnny 
needed to be scrubbed again, bathed again. And then like a baby, he needed to be bathed again. And he couldn't, he couldn't just go to the shower. I mean, he's five months old. Just go. <laughs> he couldn't do that. He doesn't have that ability yet. He doesn't have that capability. Just like we can't wash our sins. Just like we can't say, oh, I'm going to do better today. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to be a better person so that God doesn't judge me. No! That's not how it works. Not how it works. God has to come and he has to cleanse you. Because you can't do it. Christ has to come and wash you with his blood. Because you don't have the ability. How many good Christians do we have here? Lift up your hands. Good Christians. Come on, good Christians. How many bad Christians do we have here? You're both wrong! You are both wrong! You're only good by the blood of Jesus. Wash yourself in Him. Cleanse yourself in Him. Live by the Spirit of God. Don't live by the flesh, but live in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. Only by that standard will you be made good. When you wash yourself with the blood of Jesus. Can I get an amen somewhere? Come on. I'm trying to preach here. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah for that word. We need to wash ourselves in the blood. Repentive heart. Repentive heart. Amen? Now David said these profound words, man, and I'm closing up, and wow, it's not even noon yet. Well, good for you. (laughs) Good for you. But maybe we'll be on our face for a while, repenting. Amen? Maybe we'll be on our face for the next half hour, repenting. You know, maybe I didn't have to say too much. Maybe I've said enough. Maybe you're faced with your sin, and you know it's time to repent. But I'm not done yet. Amen. The second, the third C, and I kind of whizzed by the second one, which is cleansing, but the third C is contrition. Contrition. Now, what is that? What does that mean? Verse 17, what does it say? 51. Psalms 51, verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Contrition, what does that mean? To have a broken and contrite heart means to be bowed down with awareness of your spiritual bankruptcy. Amen? To have a broken and contrite heart means that your inner spirit is crushed with the sense of its guilt. To have a broken and a contrite heart means that we have a genuine and deep sorrow for our rebellion against God and have determined and a desire to do, it, to do something different. That is a contrite heart, a broken and contrite heart. And that heart God will not despise. The Bible says that he rejects the proud and exalts the humble. We can't come to God 
with our pride and saying, you know what? Yeah, I sin, but you know, these are all the great things I do. Exalting yourself with your pride. No, that's not how you show up to the throne room of God. You say, God, you are right, I'm wrong. Wash me, cleanse me. Here's my heart. It's contrite, broken. Take it. Don't despise me. Don't despise me. Because if you do, you are just to do it. But you said you wouldn't. If you despised me, you would be all right. Because you're God and you're holy. But you said you wouldn't despise my heart if I was broken, contrite. If I bowed down before you, shattered into a million pieces, recognized who I am, and I saw my sin and I wanted to change, and I saw my sin and I never wanted to touch it again, God, you would not reject me. Receive me. Receive me. Don't despise me. Friends, that is a promise for you. That is a promise for you. If you do this, you'll do that. If you come to him with a broken and contrite heart, with the willingness and desire to do things differently, crushed by the sense of guilt that you have for your sin, then he won't despise you. A contrite heart does not seek to rationalize or explain or excuse or defend or justify sin. A contrite heart does not try to fool God or others or self. It recognizes that God demands truth and honesty. A contrite heart does not mean merely feeling bad or remorseful about sin. You know, you just don't, oh, I feel bad, I did it. No, that's not a contrite heart. A contrite heart is, is broken, bowed down to God, saying, God, cleanse me. A contrite heart does not blame others for your circumstance or blame God for your own failure. A contrite heart doesn't point a finger. You know, when, when uh, Adam and Eve were in the garden and they were like, having a good time, and then God said, don't touch that one. You can have all those. Don't touch that one. Then the snake comes and deceives Eve, right? And then uh, she bites. And then Adam shows up and is like, what's going on over here? And Eve's like, hey, man, this is good. Say, really? But God said, don't touch it. Ah, it's good. Grabs it. Then God shows up. Adam, where are you at? I don't see you. You're dead to me. Where are you? Where are you? I don't see you. Adam says, God, this woman, this woman you gave me in the garden, she told me to eat it. And then Eve's like, hey, it was a the serpent, he told me it was all right. The blame game. The blame game. Don't blame others for your sin. Don't say, oh, man, I'm a product of my environment, man. I got to smoke pot all day. Or, hey, what's up, thug? Let's go. Let's go kill some people. I don't know. I don't know what campaigners do. <laughs> Let's go Whatever. <laughs> Or, or, you know, I'm like this because my dad used to be mean to me. Or, you know what, my mom was mean to me. Or, you know, uh, nobody loves me. That's why I act this way. No! <laughs> no! 
the blame game with your sin. They're not going to be there for you on judgment day. God's going to look at you and say, you're a sinner. You're guilty. Why did you do it? I don't even want to hear it. Goodbye. You're a sinner. You're guilty. Let your heart be broken. Be contrite. And God won't despise you. I mean, I think you guys got the gist of the theme here, right? A broken and contrite heart doesn't blame others. I've got some good points here. Hold on. A contrite heart recognizes that sin is a spiritual crime since it's a violation of God's laws. The contrite heart recognizes that sin is an offense against all that is decent and moral and right. A contrite heart recognizes that sin is a rebellion, a disobedience, a stubbornness against the things of God. I know this is a hard sermon to preach and to listen to. I know it is. Because our sin is placed before us. You're probably hearing yourself say, man, I'm I'm jacked up. Man, this is what I do. Nobody's watching. This is what I think. This is what I say. But knowing what you do, who you are is the first step of walking towards a broken and contrite heart. I know, you know, it's, it's funny. Joe tells me, hey, man, preach on, preach on Sunday. I'm like, yeah, no problem. And I had like two, two sermons in mind. Like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to encourage the people. Like, yeah, go for Jesus. He loves you. You know, I was just going to be like, man, God is awesome. He's, he's your lover. You dance with him. And that would have been great. That would have been good. But when I asked God, well, God, what do you want me to preach about? Brokenness. I want my people to be broken. I thank God that we don't have that problem here. Amen? We, we, we recognize who God is and we, we know who we are, but we need to be reminded of brokenness. Amen? Let us not be too proud to beg God for mercy. Let us not be too proud to come to the cross and take a bloodbath and be cleansed of our sin Rachel, if you would have come up, let us not be too proud to fall on your face and say, God, against you and only you have I sinned. Amen? Let's get up on our feet. You know, because I gave you a lot of emo scriptures, (laughs) a lot of emotional downtrodden you know, words of, man, it's deep conviction. But what does David say? What does David say? He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then my transgressors will know your way and sinners will turn back to me, turn back to you. Why? Because they'll see me and I'll tell them about you. 
save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me. My tongue will sing of your righteousness. Oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. Your sacrifice is a broken spirit, a broken heart, a contrite heart you would not despise. You see, once you get all that junk out, once you confess, once you're cleansed, joy comes. Joy comes. Joy comes because your sin is forgiven. Joy comes. Rejoice in the Lord because your sin is forgiven. When you recognize who you are, when you confess to God, when you are cleansed by His blood, when you have a contrite heart, joy comes. I want the whole band to come up here. Joy comes. Joy comes. I remember in April of 99, I was faced with all my sin. similar to this by a preacher on the pulpit and I was the only one that responded to the call of being washed in the blood of Christ that message was for me April of 1999 and ever since then I bathe in the blood of Christ because only the blood of Christ can sustain me only the blood of Christ can wash my sin away. Nothing I do, none of my virtues, none of my acts, none of my works can forgive my sin. Only the blood of Jesus. These altars are open for everyone. I want everyone to come up. Everyone. Come on. Start coming. Start coming. Start coming. Start repenting. Don't be afraid. Don't be too proud. Don't be too proud to fall on your knees and ask for forgiveness. Don't think to yourself, oh, I'm all right. Yeah, I I did that this morning. No. Wash yourself in the blood. The Bible says that he who thinks is righteous, let him be more righteous. Restore to us, Joe.